The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Every day we learn a little bit more about how teams are using their guys post-deadline. The only thing I don't like about the current deadline format is that the All-Star break comes up so shortly, so quickly thereafter, we don't really get a chance to fully assess these things before we have to take a week off. And then you're sitting there going, "Uh, is anybody in my league going to make a move? Surely somebody's going to screw things up for me. It's inevitable. I have multiple guys that I really want to just kind of sit on and see what they do. And now I'm going to have to wait, you know, 10, 12 days to actually get the information I need. That's upsetting. Ah, well, so it goes. Anyway, welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, everybody. I'm Dan Vaspers. Thanks again for tuning in. As per usual, you guys know the drill. This is a hoop ball presentation. Hoop-ball.com is the website. Those of you that... It was a cool day, actually, when I when things shifted. And, you know, for the first year of this podcast, everybody that found the podcast found it through hoop ball. And now it's kind of an equilibrium. There are folks that are finding hoop ball through the podcast. So check out our website. This is where we get all of our data from, hoop-ball.com and at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter. That's the blurb feed if you want to get the up-to-the-minute fantasy news of everything going on. As I record this late on Monday evening, what's the latest thing in the blurbs? Well, some notes on Kyle Lowry, who played through whiplash. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I don't know how he dealt with J.K. Simmons breathing down his neck during the basketball game, but he was fine. So there you go. Anyway, point is, as things break, that's where you can find them. Boy, Toronto, man. They just, they always find a way. Not the point, I guess. So please do check out the HoopBall blurb feed. Follow me on Twitter again, at Dan Bespris. And uh, we'll have some other promo for you a little bit later on in the podcast. This is the Tuesday edition of the show. We'll have some Monday recap and then obviously a Tuesday preview. This is the five-gamer before the big one, Manana. Wednesdays, I believe, 11 games, so you're probably going to have an overloaded roster. Two games on Thursday, and then boom, into All-Star Weekend. And as I mentioned before, Thursday's show, we'll have that big Wednesday recap. Friday's show, we'll have, I mean, we're not going to do the usual weekend preview, all that weekend review type stuff. We might throw in a little weekend review, but Friday's show is going to be about betting All-Star Weekend. There's money to be made, guys. There are underdog odds here, and sometimes they're worth cashing in on. The rest of the week will be the typical fair. We're going to break down trade deadline results because we're starting to get them a little bit now as we watch these players kind of sink in with their new teams. We'll have a little buy low, sell high action with our buddy Brandon Marcus on tomorrow's show. That's Wednesday's program. And then otherwise, we will be reading reviews of the show. I promised I would do a little bit of that on today's podcast, and we'll do that, I don't know, I'll pick a spot somewhere mid-show. We'll throw that in there. Why don't we dive on into the results from Monday night? Again, plenty of ball games, a couple of late ones that, again, as I'm recording this show, those ball games are actually finishing up. If you want to know when this thing is getting taped, Charlotte and Detroit had the ugliest game I've ever seen. This is like, this is some Pistons bad boys level action. 87 to 76, the final score. So actually borderline remarkable that there were a couple of decent fantasy lines in this game. And when I say a couple, I literally mean two. 
Devontae Graham had 14, 7, and 11. Didn't shoot the ball well, but otherwise was a quality line. He had six, or rather three defensive stats and a three ball. Uh, P.J. Washington stayed afloat with four defensive stats. Malik Monk actually continues to score at a pretty good clip. He's, he's becoming like the weird Charlotte iteration of Terrence Ross. So again, not really a nine-cat guy. Miles Bridges has stayed decent lately. He's played better. And then uh, we've seen Terry Rozier tail off a little bit. I mean, we've seen everybody on Charlotte tail off a little bit. This was, this was my giant concern with this team. Devontae Graham is at 75. Rozier is at 77. And then nobody else is even within striking distance of fantasy value on that team. Not P.J. Washington either. He's at 132. Don't, don't get it twisted. It has not been a great year for him either. I've, I've advised a hold there mostly because of the minutes, but there have been plenty of better options floating around out there. On the Detroit side, the lone good line belonged to Thon Maker. 12 points, 12 rebounds, a steal, and two blocks. Really a nice game outside of his four turnovers. Shot 5 for 10, didn't need him to hit the three ball. Played 24 minutes, which I would venture to say is on the low side. But Charlotte, they don't run a, a, a big lineup, so Detroit was able to sort of pivot to some slightly smaller bodies out there. Uh, Markeith Morris logged 20 minutes, and that's going to pull away from Christian Wood, who was in foul trouble in the first half and just didn't play well in the second half. And this is, you know, some of what you're going to get with Detroit because no one on that team can score. They really really needed Derrick Rose in a game like this one, which is such a crazy thing to say in 2020. But here we are. When Reggie Jackson is cold, no one can orchestrate. No one can create on that team. Christian Wood is kind of their best, second-best option to create, and he was struggling. He picked up a couple of early offensive fouls. Foul trouble, obviously. I mean, that, nothing takes a guy out of a ballgame quicker than getting yanked right at the outset of a stinking... I hate fouls, man. Foul trouble is the stupidest thing in the NBA. You want you want NBA ratings to go back up? Change the penalty for fouls. Change the penalty. Don't have guys foul out at six. If a star player picks up two fouls early, I know Christian Wood's not a star player, but if you're turned into a Pistons game right now, he's probably a guy you're hoping to watch. John Henson, block specialist, had his three rejections in 17 minutes. Not enough time. If somehow he turns and plays 20-some-odd minutes of ball game. I'll advise a pickup. You know I love me some John Henson block mania, but not in 16 and a half minutes. I do still kind of like Don Maker. Said it on the last show in our weekend review. I said, hey, Don's actually playing pretty well. And if he plays 20-some-odd minutes, he's going to get one between one and three blocks almost every time. And he got two more. A little bit of a specialist appeal in general, but with Wood in foul trouble, he was able to get those extra rebounds. And in a ball game where nobody could shoot, there were plenty of defensive boards to get as well. So that was a little bit inflated. Ugh, what a gross basketball game. Obviously, you're holding Christian Wood. You're probably holding Reggie Jackson right now while he's the only offensive option on that team, but it's not going to be pretty the whole time. Bruce Brown has been useful. Giant minutes, so he's generally out there enough to do stuff in fantasy. And then again, I think I like Don Maker. Crazy to say. For Brooklyn, we've actually seen DeAndre Jordan kind of picking up minutes lately. I, I don't know if this is going to be a trend. I, I doubt it. I frankly doubt it. But he's played 29 and 28 minutes in his last two ball games. Indiana, obviously a very big team. Demonis Sabonis, Miles Turner. They needed somebody that could try to keep Sabonis off the glass a little bit. And he did a good job. 
DeAndre had 11 points, 19 rebounds. Not that Sabonis wasn't great in this game, but just pushed him off. They held Sabonis to just 10 rebounds in an otherwise fantastic performance, and that's why Jordan was out there longer than usual. Jared Allen, 13-8 with two blocks. Not that it was a bad game, it just... He doesn't have the same strength. This Don't get used to this. DeAndre Jordan, he's been much more of a specialist than anything else this year, but this was a nice performance for him. Spencer Dinwiddie couldn't make a shot, but made a lot of free throws. And in general, I still kind of hate the Brooklyn fantasy outlook. And for those of you that were upset that I said Karis LeVert was still a garbage fire of a basketball fantasy player, here you go. 11 points on 13 shots with six turnovers. Delightful, I know. Indiana was able to trot out their normal starting five. How about that? T.J. Warren, Victor Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, Demonis Sabonis didn't go great, which is always the case. When you get a new look for something, it's usually time to fade it, and I foolishly forgot to. But uh, Oladipo looked meh. Still hasn't really gotten his legs underneath him. T.J. Warren's come back. He's been gangbusters. Miles Turner's actually played pretty well lately, although no blocks in this one. And Jeremy Lamb was the guy everybody was watching. Only eight shots in 26 minutes off the bench. That was a little bit upsetting. I thought he would come off the bench and get chucking because there just aren't that many other scoring options alongside of him. I still think Jeremy Lamb should be owned. To me, he's a top 100 guy or slightly better than that. You may see him getting dumped with the Victor Oladipo stuff in your leagues. I would pick him up. If I'm in your league, you will probably see me pick him up. Who I pick him up for is anybody's guess. But you'll probably see me pick him up. I don't think he's cooked. I don't think he's close to cooked. His fantasy game is solid. It translates well, and I think you'll see him get a lot of shots off the bench as this thing shakes itself out. Well, Orlando, uh, unable to make this thing their pace, but they won the ball game anyway. They, they played Atlanta's pace and posted a monster fantasy game. Nick Vucevic, 24-9-9. Aaron Gordon actually had a good ball game. Markel Fultz, 13-8 with three steals. Evan Fournier, 22. Terrence Ross had 21 and 31 minutes off the bench. And Orlando picked on a still not very good Atlanta Hawks team, but a fun one that is waiting on Clint Capella, but I think pretty happy with their Dwayne Dedman pickup as a short-term streamer. It's sort of tough to tell what the, what the actual outlook is going to be for Capella he might very well play in the first game out of the All-Star break. He really might. He might not. I don't know. Atlanta plays on the 20th. They play again uh, tomorrow first, so they're not into the break quite yet. So obviously, if you pick up Dwe- uh, Deadman for that one, then you're in good shape. He'll, he'll get a good ball game out of that one. I- I'd be pretty surprised if Capella played tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he played the first game out of the break. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play the first game out of the break either. Deadman is an interesting stream because, first of all, they're playing him pretty big minutes as Damian Jones is not very good. So Deadman's getting 28 minutes. He'll probably play close to 30 in most of their games here whenever he, as long as Capella's not around. And he might very well start in their next ball game. His fantasy game is incredibly user-friendly. Even in the short term, he's a great, great streaming option. He's a top 50 guy when he's a starting level center. Top 50. He was close to the top 50 last year on a per game basis in only 24 minutes a game. Throw another four on top of that, easy top 50. Alongside Trey Young, oh yes, oh yes. 
So I would stream him short-term as long as necessary. Uh, mentioned the fact that I was a little bit worried about Kevin Herter, and you saw a little bit of in this one. He was fine, 12.7 assists, uh, but a lot of the upside is getting wiped out by the fact that guys like DeAndre Hunter are playing decent minutes. Jeff Teague is actually doing some stuff. Deadman now is going to do more than their previous centers, and Capella's not even back yet. So I'm a little bit lower on Herter than most, I think. You can probably, if you were to say, hey, how does Dan feel about Kevin Herter? The answer is probably a little lower than most. I don't hate him. I think he's going to be fringy. He feels more like a streamer type for me the rest of the way, especially if Cam Reddish gets right. I think it's a concussion right now, if I'm, uh, if I'm remembering right. D'Angelo Russell made his Minnesota Timberwolves debut, and it was fun, I guess. He had 22-5, and five, six turnovers, but you know what? They played happy. Cat played happy. It wasn't a great ball game, but he played happy. Jared Culver had 15 with a steal and a block. Malik Beasley uh, went a-chuckin' in this ballgame and was a little bit less beautiful. Juancho Hernan Gomez played 26 minutes. Um, Beasley looks like a pretty big winner. I, I, you know, James Johnson logged 27 minutes in this ballgame, and that surprised me a little bit because I thought his big minutes in the last one were largely due to Juancho in foul trouble. But it's possible that they just like having James Johnson's toughness out there. He was in his brief prime, and it was obscenely brief. He was a very good steals and blocks guy in that narrow pocket of his career where he was both healthy and in shape. He was a very good steals and blocks guy. It was the 2016-2017 NBA season. It's our first full season here at Hoopball, actually. And he averaged 12-5 and five with three and a half assists, one steal, one block, one three-pointer. He's a 1-1-1 one, one, one guy. Took a step back the following year, but wasn't truly awful. And then things really devolved last season when he got fat and had, I think there was some shoulder stuff and some cysts and other things that were just kind of keeping him out of shape. But you can go all the way back to his Toronto days. He always racked up steals and blocks. Do you think now, do we think is the question, do we think he's happy enough in Minnesota with this kind of fresh outlook on a team that might give him some minutes to where he could kind of get back into that mix? The answer is I have no idea. But he did have three defensive stats in his first game in Minnesota, and he looked pretty good in this one, although he didn't take many shots, and that was not my favorite thing. But 8-7 and seven with three assists. Let's say that in general he gets a steal or a block in there. That'd be a pretty satisfying game. I'm going to go ahead and put James Johnson on the ad list right now because I think if you wait through the All-Star break, which you just, I mean, you could wait until tomorrow if you really wanted to, if you absolutely positively felt like you needed to give it just a little bit more time, you could watch one more James Johnson game. But my leagues are so uh, over-the-top competitive that I-, I can't wait. If you can wait, great. I can't. So I'm probably going to grab him in a few spots, generally bef- before I go to sleep on Monday night. Because if I wait, guys just disappear. That's, that's Those leagues I'm in. You guys might not be, but again, you, you know your competition better than I do. If you can wait one more game, I would. I just don't think I can. I don't think that's a possibility. I'm looking at the rest of this roster. This is why there was a big deep breath there. Beasley could play a few more minutes. 
but I don't know that he would. I mean, 31, 32 minutes is pretty good for him. Alan Crabb, that's probably what he's going to get. Josh Okogie, his minutes will fluctuate a little bit. Juancho Hernan Gomez, I mean, they like his scoring, but the rest of his fantasy game is lacking and has been. He's points and rebounds almost exclusively. This is a high-scoring game, and that helped the guys that go get points. I don't see Jordan McLaughlin playing much more. I don't see Naz Reed playing much more uh, with Cat healthy at center. Jared Culver is more of a wing guy. I mean, James Johnson is playing the three and the four on this team. So he's competing, in general, with Hernan Gomez and Beasley. And Okogie, to some degree, although he's mostly two. Little bit of three there. So, I mean, maybe we do see James Johnson log 25 minutes a game, if that's the case. He's probably looking at top 90-level production. That's what he did the last time he got that many minutes per ball game. When he was healthy. I don't know if he's healthy. I don't know. It's tough to know. Uh, Toronto got Kyle Lowry back quickly after whiplash. We were talking about that a minute ago. He had 27-7-11 against the puffy Minnesota defense. OG Ananobi woke up. To what do we owe this credit? I have no idea. You're going to see him scooped up in every damn fantasy league you're in, and then you're going to see him dropped after a bad one again. He's in the on-off portion of the proceedings. Uh, maybe they just needed Serge Ibaka out and Marc Gasol out. I mean, this is there's so many guys out. Norman Powell's out. Anything that happens with this Toronto team besides the key cogs, the Siakams, the Lowrys, the Freddie Van Vliet's, you guys kind of have to understand the temporary nature of it, the fleeting nature of what we're discussing here. Those guys are not going to survive it. I don't think OG will. Patrick McCaw certainly won't. Ronnie Ellis-Jefferson certainly won't. Chris Boucher still only played 13 minutes, even with Ibaka out. And Terrence Davis disappeared. He was probably a popular streaming option until people found out Kyle Lowry was a late ad. Sacramento was actually competitive with Milwaukee for a little bit. And then they ended up sitting basically right on the spread of this ballgame uh, with no Giannis in there. Milwaukee always covers when they rest one of their stars. That happens every time. Eric Bledsoe had a big one. Middleton went big. Uh, Brooke Lopez went big. And this is what happens when Giannis sits out. They just have uh, extra guns waiting. For Sacramento, you have this weird Harrison Barnes wake-up game. If you called that one, you're a damn genius. Nemanja Bialica and his voodoo doll just keep rolling along. Buddy Heald was a bit quieter in this ballgame, but he was fine. Darren Fox was uh, decent enough, missed a bunch of shots, and then Bogdan Bogdanovich, who mostly scores. And still no sign of Rashawn Holmes, who's likely out through the All-Star break. Same deal, Marvin Bagley. Womp womp. Utah beat Dallas on the road. Utah is starting to turn things around a little bit, although obviously playing Dallas without Luka Doncic, that's a makes life a tiny bit easier. Tim Hardaway Jr., big game. Kristaps Porzingis, big game. Seth Curry's been playing well in the short-term uh, Maxi Kleba has cooled off here over the last little bit. Willie Cauley-Stein doesn't play when Porzingis is healthy. And then Jalen Brunson, who was the favorite fill-in option, has basically disappeared. And I think I mentioned that on yesterday's show, that I didn't trust any of these guys anyway. I don't trust Tim Hardaway Jr. with his big scoring game. I don't trust Seth Curry with his decent scoring lately. I don't trust Dorian Finney-Smith. I don't trust any of them. I thought I trusted Maxi Kleba, but I'm not sure I can trust him either. No Mike Conley for Utah sat this one out for rest, so Joe Ingles had a chance to do a little bit more stuff. Uh, but largely, this was another big Jordan Clarkson bench game. And Boyan was decent enough. And Gobert was fine, I guess. 
I don't know, man. I don't think that I'd make any big ads or drops based on this one basketball game. I think with Dallas, you're mostly just struggling to pick anybody up anyway. LaMarcus Aldridge had 33, but it wasn't enough for San Antonio. He got himself going against Jokic. Uh, Jokic was was fine in sort of a lower usage role in this ballgame. For the Spurs, DeJounte Murray's been picking it up, so that puts a dent into Derek White lately, who I think we can kind of call a draw. I know he went 10 for 10 at the free throw line, and that's good, um, but he's been drop-worthy lately. DeJounte Murray, LaMarcus Aldridge, and generally DeMar DeRozan, although he sat this ballgame out with back spasms. And so you got a little bit more from Aldridge and from the peanut gallery on that team. But I don't think I'm changing much. I, I might move Derek White back to the outside of the cut line. But everybody else stays the same. I'm not adding anybody with, with DeRozan out. I mean, what is he going to miss? One more game, Max? Meanwhile, Paul Millsap is enjoying life on a minutes limit. He's coming in there, and he's going gangbusters. Team high, 35.2 usage rate. 22.7 boards, 3 assists, 2 steals and a block. He looks rested and ready to go these days. Hope you guys stashed him as we instructed you to. And I hope you guys didn't drop Jeremy Grantlet. Yeah, it's not clear, because the team's not fully healthy at the moment, that they don't can't necessarily play those guys together. I could see Jeremy Grant logging some minutes at the 3 if they had to. Slide Gary Harris down to the 2. They didn't. They basically split the power forward minutes, but it's not dead. And also, if you're in a keeper league, Jeremy Grant has huge keeper appeal as a potential top 60 guy going into next year. Now, I'm not talking about a guy you, you know, some keeper leagues you just keep like your two or three best players. I hate those, by the way, since no one ever gets to draft a superstar. The keeper leagues I'm talking about are the ones where you draft guys or you keep guys where they were drafted or picked up or whatever it happened to be. Jeremy Grant was probably drafted in the last round. By the way, Paul Millsap's contract, over after this year. Jeremy Grant is probably the Nuggets' power forward next season. Unless they pick somebody up. It's a possibility. He has huge keeper appeal for next year. For this year, however, I mean, it's, yeah, you're obviously, you're, you're looking up against it a little bit. If this does flip, which it seems like it might, then obviously Paul Millsap stays as your hold, and Grant probably gets punted. But this is what I'm talking about in this sort of post-deadline, and this is injury-related, but I need a few more games here, and I'm only going to get one more to try to figure out what's going on with some of these teams. Right now, I'm sitting on both guys. I have Paul Millsap and Jeremy Grant in three places, both of them on my team, on three different teams. Just waiting to see how it shakes itself out. It's worth the one-week wait. Otherwise... It's the usual fare. Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, don't trust the rest of them. Phoenix got a good one out of Mikhail Bridges, so that ad continues to look pretty good. Uh, Cameron Johnson got a start in this ball game, which came out of left field a little bit. Kelly Oubre came off the bench in this ball game. They really shook things up with DeAndre Ayton out. And Phoenix trying to figure out how to deal with the Lakers without DeAndre Ayton. Um, it, from, a, from a pure basketball standpoint, the Lakers, I don't think, took this game hugely all that seriously. Obviously, Anthony Davis had his way for uh, long stretches. But, I mean, they needed to... This is, a, this is a game Lakers needed to play better than. The point of all of this is you don't even really need to know how guys did and the funny thing is, I'm recording this game at the end of the third quarter, 
And so obviously the conclusion, the actual final score of this game is as yet to be determined. But the one thing that you can pretty safely say is that you're not going to make any large sale changes on that Phoenix side because Aiden was out. So most of what you saw in this one was matchup related and injury related. But obviously in general, Devin Booker is going to hit more of his shots and Aiden's going to be back and the rebounding will be better. And the Lakers gave even the first flying crap about this game. It would have been over a lot sooner. And now I have to wait and find out. I don't know how this thing's going to end. They might blow this thing. Usually embarrassing. Lakers have like a 15 rebounding advantage at the time of recording this podcast. Miami Golden State, Jimmy Butler came back. I did not see that coming. I almost had him on my bench in the leagues where I have Butler because I thought, ah, whatever, you know, I'll keep him on my bench. I'll throw him in there if I find out anything. And then all of a sudden, boink, he was in. And he looked good, too. Shoulder thing didn't really seem to be bothering him much. Uh, Jay Crowder shot the ball well again. As soon as you pick him up, I promise you, the second you pick him up and throw him into your lineups, he's going to defecate on your fantasy team. You know how this goes with him. He's not that great of a shooter. You saw what it was like in Memphis. It's not going to stick. Golden State side, I still love me some Marquise Chris. Obviously, Draymond Green now back in that starting lineup. The guy that a lot of folks were watching was Kai Bowman. I I mean, I I mentioned him on yesterday's podcast as a guy I thought could have some assist appeal, but I didn't like the fact that he wasn't taking any shots. I didn't like the fact that when Draymond Green came back, he was going to lose most of his assisting. He was no longer going to be running the offense, and a lot of that came to fruition, admittedly, against a very good Miami team. When they have Jimmy Butler, Miami is a damn tough nut to deal with. They're a tough nut to crack. Their defense is different. Their offense is different. Everything's just different when Jimmy Butler's on the floor. But at the same time, you can't count on Golden State playing clunker teams every game. You just can't. They're going to run into okay teams every once in a while, and when that happens, all the assists are going to be coming from Draymond Green. It's not even clear that there are enough minutes for Kai Bowman to make a big impact on offense. So, I mean, if you were counting on him as a specialist you might still be able to squeeze that thing through, but I'd be looking for somebody with a little bit more upside. He he struck me way more as a deep league option, and I'm fairly certain those were the terms I used when I talked about him on yesterday's show. I uh, advised one of our premium subscribers in a super deep league to start Kelly Olynyk this week with the two games, and uh, that actually looks like a pretty good idea so far. So... Good good for that. Good for that. And Duncan Robinson still playing a crap ton of minutes. Surviving the madness. But, I mean, a lot of guys were out for Miami as well. No Tyler Hero. Uh, still no Myers Leonard. Andre Godala still kind of settling in a little bit. There's going to be some hot hand stuff going on with this team. Goran Dragic is a hot hand guy. Kendrick Nunn. I don't I mean, maybe Solomon Hill eventually plays a game. Anyway... Mentioned I was going to read some reviews here in the middle of the ball game. Let's see what we got to here. This one I like a lot. This one tugs at my heartstrings. This is from L. Kutch. My go-to fantasy hoop source. I love these guys. I'm assuming you're talking about everybody at HoopBall and, and the guests and so forth. Way, way better than Roto World. Thank you. And many of the other more well-known sources. I only hope that the rest of my league doesn't start using them. Keep up the good work. Thank you, dude. Also... Tell someone that's not in your league. We need to we need to keep spreading the word on this thing. 
It's a really difficult business, by the way, being sort of a niche fantasy sports website that people haven't all picked up on yet. You know, we're not feeding the blurbs to any of the big box sites. So a lot of our takes are still flying under the radar a tiny bit. There's plenty of listeners of this podcast, but compared to the general fantasy public, there's far more people that are not listening to the show than are. It's a hard business when the better you are at something, the less your customers want to tell other customers. Right? Like, think about every other business that you can come up with, even right down to sports betting. If you find someone that you really like in sports betting, you don't care if somebody else uses them. Um, your friends can win money too. What if you find a really great, this is a curb your enthusiasm on the brain. What if you find a really great scone place? You're going to tell your friends so they can go have those scones too. And then you find Fantasy NBA Today and you love it and you're winning your leagues. And we can't grow our damn audience because you don't want to tell anybody your secret weapon. Come on, tell them your secret weapon. We got to keep growing this bad boy. But that, again, by the way, is why we need you guys to do these reviews. I'm going to read another one here um, after I remind you how to do it. Open up iTunes if you're using a computer. The iTunes program, there is a pretty easy-to-navigate podcast tab that you can go to, then search for Fantasy NBA Today. And there's a rate and review button there. If you're on your uh, smart device, iPad, iPhone, whatever, open up the podcast app, use the search button down near the bottom and search for Fantasy NBA Today, click on the show title, and then scroll down to the bottom of that resultant page where you can leave a five-star review. And if you want to write something, all the better. I will read it on the podcast. This one's from G. Luda. This is a long one. This is the best fantasy basketball podcast in the game, hands down. By the way, the subject line on this is so good, I don't want to share it. <laughs> you, guys have a, you guys have a freaking type here. I cannot keep the secret in any longer. Dan kills it every day and makes it seem effortless. It's become part of my daily routine, and in order to keep it going, I want to support this hoop ball movement as best I can. I feel guilty not sharing the secret to my league mates. It's such a helpful resource that I feel like I have an advantage over all my opponents. How does one help spread the word without jeopardizing my chances of being the first to grab the next big pickup? Thanks for all that you do. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. The review is a really big step. So thank you, G. Luda, um, for the, the review because m people that are not in your league will hopefully stumble upon this when they're searching for their next fantasy NBA uh, nuggets. So to the rest of you, write something funny, write something cool. I'll read it on the podcast. You have my word. Eventually, someday, we'll get through all these bad boys. For now, let's take a look at the Tuesday card. That's the next thing on the docket here. And then I'm going to remind you guys how you can make money betting on it. Clippers are in Philadelphia. Marcus Morris, certainly your guy to watch. I guess you could watch Firkin Korkmaz too, but as Josh Richardson gets right, his role is going to diminish. There's just no way around it. Chicago. Um, I mean, we might see Wendell Carter Jr. after the All-Star break. That'll shake things up a little bit. Don't know when Chris Dunn is coming back. Don't really know when Larry Markkinen's coming back. So not a whole lot to watch with the Bulls at the moment. Washington is definitely a team to keep our eye on. Rui Hachimura's role as he's settling back in for the Wizards. Mo Wagner with Thomas Bryant out. What is his maxed out role right now and how long will it last? Shabazz Napier and Ish Smith in a point guard battle. Can Shabazz overtake Ish? Do they flip them so that Smith is running the second unit? Do we even want that? We saw Isaiah Thomas. He played a lot better with the second unit on that team. Maybe that's the place to be. Maybe neither of them ends up with fantasy value. Spurs on the back-to-back -back in Oklahoma City. This is a tough one. I bet you might see them rest some guys. Although, frankly, 
they're bubbling right now. This is a team on the bubble. They might need to push themselves a little bit. So that might actually be good for your guys' fantasy value on San Antonio. Oklahoma City is a non-story on the fantasy side, so we can jump on over them. Portland, also basically a non-story on the fantasy side because we're seeing the good and the bad of Trevor Ariza. Gary Trent's been really good lately, but that feels like a heater that's going to run out not long from now, and I don't think anything changes with Portland until we see Yusuf Nurkic, if at all, whenever that might be. New Orleans, uh, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson are the two question marks. Um, I bet we see at least one of those two guys. And, of course, that takes some of the fastball away for Drew Holiday, who obviously plays much better when Brandon Ingram sits. J.J. Redick is useful when Ingram sits because there are enough shots for him. And then Derek Favors, he settled into a very calm, respectable, and health-keeping 25 minutes of ballgame, and that's fine. That's basically what he was doing in Utah, and that's a top-80 kind of guy. Boston at Houston, I love me some Daniel Tice. You're going to see plenty of him in against the Houston small ball lineups. You might see Boston go super small, too. They got a lot of really accomplished wings on that team. I'd be surprised if you see Ennis Cantor in this game, but then may, who knows? Maybe he gets in there and he just crushes the little people with offensive rebounding. He could be actually be a weapon in this game. This is the weirdness of basketball. You just never really know what that right matchup is going to be until it presents itself. I bet you see Boston, they'll rotate through some interesting looks, and uh, we'll figure out which one actually fits. And of course, if you want to bet on any of these games, the best way to do it is with our buddies at mybookie.ag. We need you guys. We need you now, and we need you now more than ever. Sign up for an account at mybookie.ag with promo code TODAY, and make sure you drop a couple bucks in your account right at the outset. We got word from our buddies over there that people are opening accounts but not actually betting with them. You're not putting any money in the account. And that's okay. That's nice. You were doing us a solid. But you got to go put some money on the thing. Let's win a little bit with our guys Ira and Devin and Neil and Josh over at Hoopball Gaming. That Twitter feed is blowing up because they just keep winning. What a great way to grow Twitter followers, huh? Just stay hot. Up to 669 followers now already. I can't believe how fast that happened. What a thrilling thing to be a part of. Not following anybody, by the way. <laughs> That's how you know it's just a news source. Just picks and info on games. I mean, these guys, I, I love what they're doing over there. It's at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter. You can hit up Ira or Devin or Josh or Neil if you need to learn about the picks you're making. Uh, go win some money. Go bet with them. Tail them at mybookie.ag. Again, promo code is the word today. Haven't bugged you about this one last thing, which we'll do, I guess, before we shut this sucker down. It's just a little bit of a shorter show today, and I suppose that's all right. We can have a shorter one every once in a while, right? Don't need to kill time just for the sake of killing time. But I did want to mention once again, we are, and this is really exciting now, our sales team is humming. Those of you that have reached out, I've, I believe I've reached back out to every single person that's hit us up. If you sent us something and no one wrote back to you, that means it either just didn't go to the right place, maybe you typed in the email address wrong, or I missed the tweet or something over a weekend. Do it again, at Dan Bespris on Twitter, or teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com is the email address. Again, that's teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. If you want to join our sales team, if you've got time in the middle of the workday, and it and I realized I said midday before, and that actually led people the wrong direction. Basically, if you have time anywhere during the normal Pacific time business hours, 
9 to 5 Pacific. If you have a few hours in there that you can make some phone calls, hit me up on Twitter, by email. We'd love to have you as part of the HoopBall sales team. And hell, if things are going great, you could join us. Become a fantasy pro as well. We're building out the unit here in all respects at HoopBall. Folks, short show today. I hope that's okay. Hit me up on Twitter if you've got additional questions. We're just going to be watching these games, trying to figure out really what's real and what's not here in the post-trade deadline era. I am Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Tomorrow, Brandon Marcus, buy lows, sell highs. It's Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. We'll talk to you then. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.